Welcome to Everyday Elephants. I'm your host, Katie Bradley, and I'll be with Phil and Ted. Tanner will not be joining us today, but he'll be back next week. Everyday Elephants is a podcast that discusses what the world is discussing. We take a close look at the elephants in the room, everything from politics to trends to religion. Together, we look for the hope for where hope it lies in the midst of change and chaos and confusion. Welcome to Everyday Elephants. What's up, guys? Hi, Phil. Hi, Ted. Hey, Katie. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. It's good to see you guys. Phil, you look better than last week. I know you were struggling with COVID and, you know, getting better. How are you feeling? Listen, it was my first day back at work today. And yesterday was also my first day where I did not have to take a nap throughout the day. So uh, I think I'm getting better. Uh, The COVID got to me and it's pretty real. Lost my senses, my smell, my taste, and um, my appreciation for life. It sucked everything away from me, but I'm back and better than ever before. That's so good to hear. Isn't it crazy how much taste and smell brings so much joy to our life? And then when it's taken away, when we can't taste our food, when we can't smell things, and enjoy our like it does it takes away it's a big it has a big impact right totally and and Kyrie can't smell so my nose is dependent upon um things happening in our household and so um now now that we lost both of our sense of smell like it was it was getting pretty bad so we can't smell poopy diapers um i i don't know how i'm going to be able to describe to Kyrie mm-hmm. the the types of smells that are going on within the home um, but, uh, we managed to survive and I'm glad to have it back. Good. Good. No fire yet. So that's good. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Ted, how are you doing? How did you guys hold doing up in well. the storm? We, uh, we made it through, just lost power for a day. Um, we still have folks in, uh, Austin here. Uh, no one I know, but just folks I've read about that, um, are still without power. We had some people at church yesterday that, they got their power back like this morning at 3 a.m. Um, so just ice accumulation in a place that doesn't deal with ice accumulation made it an interesting uh, three, four days. But it was really cool. We had some folks after church yesterday who just loaded it. It, it, is, it was a lot of fun when I finally had internet back. And I could send out an email to church and say, like, hey, if anyone needs help, please let me know. And we had three houses that we went to go um, help at and uh, – the amount of responses when I said, you know, let me know if you can help and what tools you can bring. Uh, the speed at which I got, I have a chainsaw and I'll bring it on Sunday. Uh, I think I got four or five responses in a matter of 10 minutes. So there were a lot of people ready to go out and uh, fire up the chainsaw and get some work done. But it, it was really good. It was uh, it was even cool. On Saturday, we had had a, a meeting planned for church stuff and um for some leadership stuff. And so, uh, we couldn't get out that day, but even driving, um, to that meeting, just saw neighbors out helping neighbors clear and stuff. And I have a couple branches. I got to go cut off a tree, uh, after we're done here, but sounds like a great right. missions opportunity. Bring your chainsaw to church day. That's right. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> I, for some reason mm-hmm. I am, uh, I'm there at narrative. About that, that life. It, it, yeah. That marketing brought me in right there. So uh, I love it. I you're, love you're it. onto something, man. That's good. 
perfect. That's that's great. It shows you the power of the church too, you know, everybody coming together. I feel like in Florida, when we go through hurricanes too, that's my favorite part is when the neighborhood comes together and everyone's in the same boat. So, I mean, you're without power, you're without electricity, hot water, whatever it is that you're missing, but everybody's kind of together in it and it brings you together. So that's really, that's a cool opportunity. You know, but yeah, chainsaws, I mean, I don't have the same response to chainsaws as you do, Phil, but um, I would, I am sure it's, I'm sure it's awesome to go to church with everyone's chainsaws. <laughs> I, we I'm just noticing how, many, how people church. responded. True, but the, the, the response rate of how excited people were to bring their chainsaws to the parking lot to church, there's something to learn from there. You know, data never That's lies, true. man. So... <laughs> <laughs> good to know good to know well today we're going to be discussing a few topics um so first chinese balloons what what yep. is that about so we're going to be talking about the recent activity of um our u.s military shooting down a chinese balloon and what that means is that something to be worried about are we in danger are we secure is it just propaganda? So we're going to get to that in a little bit. But first, we do not want to skip over the cultural drama of the Grammys and really discuss what's been going on. But from a Christian perspective, of course, we want to touch about touch on about Unholy by Kim Petras and Sam Smith, their performance. There was no discreet representation of Satan in their performance. So we're going to really jump into that. There's some talk about, hey, our kids are being taught to worship Satan, and this is something that needs to be talked about and addressed. Or is this just art? Is this just an extension or an expression of art? Is this something to be worried about? So we're going to jump into these topics, and let's get started. Are you guys ready? I think so. All right, here we go. Yeah. Let's get started. <laughs> so let's start with the Grammys last night with the performance of Unholy. What are your thoughts is this something is this something to be concerned about? I mean, my thoughts are the Grammys were last night. Like, I mean right. the only the only reason the I really knew it was last night was I saw some people talking about it on different social media. I I don't really I haven't watched award shows in a long time. It's not my jam. Like I award shows Fair. are always a funny thing to me because it's like, here's the music industry let's give each other awards and you can watch us do that. Oh, okay. Like, that's great. Proud of you. You know, I'm all for awards. I'm all for like your industry celebrating what you do. And even like having, like make a celebration out of it, have food, have a banquet. I don't quite get the, the allure of the show. Now that's me. I understand there are people who love it and are into it. I baseball season starts next week with pitchers and catchers reporting. And that's something that I'll spend a lot of time doing. So uh, they, to each his own, I just, I had to, when you guys started texting about that video, I had to go look it up cause I hadn't seen it. So that was uh, my, my gig on it. Yeah, for sure. And I think, go ahead, Phil. I, isn't there like always something big that happens at the Grammys? Is this where like Kanye came up to Taylor and uh yeah yeah or was it another music award no, that was show? The Grammys back in the day okay mm -hmm. so it, it's just there's always something big and always something happening i mean that's my same response to ted oh there's an award show on like i really don't care except 
when my Twitter feed is blowing up with all these different videos that are showing up just like um, this particular video right here. Um, it, it's a little bit of alarming, but uh, um, it is wild. Normally, I think the Grammys are pretty cool because a lot of people are their their art and their songs and they're performing live on stage and well this one definitely took it to the next so uh i don't know what are your thoughts katie with what you saw yeah so you know i i used to be really into um award shows especially growing up i was a theater kid i was a uh, debate kid so the arts and then i was a communication major in college so rhetorical criticism really talking about you know what performances mean and speeches mean and really breaking it down those are all things that i just love to do but as i get older i didn't even know what was going on so i i'm in the same boat where i had to go and really look into this and what does this mean the reason it is concerning the reason that i do have thoughts on it is because it is so impactful on the next generation where Gen X and even a lot of millennials, they are watching this platform and they are probably more aware about the Grammys than the Chinese balloon, to be honest. So they're, that's their news. That is their biggest interest. So of course that sparks my interest because we want to leave a legacy of hope and truth. And then we see this happen and we have to kind of come up with thoughts around it and opinions and how to speak truth into it. So when I watched this, yeah, I was concerned. And the reason why is because, because listen, like there was a huge Satan reference to it all. Okay. Like, but that's the obvious. We don't need to, you know, oh, I wonder if this means something, if there's some symbolism in that. There was no, nothing discreet about it. It was all out in the open. Um, so, and my thing is like, listen, the world's going to do what the world's going to do. Um, but the message I think the message of the song and the entertainment aspect of it um, and the frenzy and the emotion that it kind of catches people up in, that's what's really concerning because I don't know if we have a generation that's really able to discern the difference between what emotionally feels really good and what's really exciting and what's really awesome versus what is true and what is grounded and what is sturdy. Um, so yeah, when I saw this and I saw what was being promoted in this song and um, and just the, the entertainment aspect of it, great entertainment if you're just looking at it from an art perspective. But, um, but yeah, it was very, um, as a Christian, I, I felt very uneasy. I felt really uncomfortable. Um, and I thought, wow, with this new age, Minds ideology growing in our culture more than anything else. Like all we need now is for this to really reinforce that. Um, and that, so for me, yes, I, I do have a lot of thoughts, but I want to stop there and, and ask this question for you guys well, too. Go ahead. Which, did we say what the song was? Did we mention that already? I did yeah, mention yeah, it. Katie did oh, okay, cool. Beginning. Yes, it is Unholy by uh, Kim Petra and Sam Smith. Okay. Yeah. My question is, is it new? Like, I know it, it's it's hit a lot of news sites today, and there's a lot of people talking about it on social media. My thought process is, like, it's... it's It feels like they wanted to make it edgy, and it, it was edgy in some respects, I guess, but, like, I don't know. Hair metal was doing the whole devil worship thing in the 80s. Um, you know, I don't know... I, I would agree that I, I I don't like it. 
if that makes sense. Like I, you know, if, if we had kids even up into like high school years, if that were to come on, like we would turn the TV off. Like it's not something we need for me. The, the devil side of it is not as big as like for me, the lyrics, which is like, it is a catchy song that is obviously written to hook you in and like, you know, the, it pulls you in and it is the entire song is about um, a husband or boyfriend. I, let's see. It's, does it mention? He has kids. He has <laughs> yeah. Kids. So, yeah. Yeah. And so, so it's, we'll, we'll say husband, you know, um, and it's, it's all about him cheating, but it's like set up as like a, like the first verse is about him cheating. The second verse is his, you know he's the sugar daddy and whatever you call the opposite of that um and like and so to me it's it's glorifying it's not just like the the normal sexual glorification but now it's like you know he's discovering himself and you know mama doesn't know like and but the, it's it's not like there's a negative connotation to that and that to me just i don't like it like it's mm-hmm. So and, I first heard the song on TikTok probably about a month ago. Yeah. And then the first, my first reaction was like, dang, this is good. And then I listened to it again. <laughs> I was like, oh, and, and yeah, it wasn't, it was, it's funny because yesterday, like I heard the song for the first time and this was before the Grammys were on. It was just in the afternoon. It was just like, it came on my Spotify list and I was listening and I was like, oh gosh, are, are they really saying that? And I was like, this this is this is probably not a song for me to be listening to. And it's just like, man, it's just so easy to go from, man, this is so catchy, this is so good. And then it like you just ease into it. And then by the time you're watching the Grammys, like, oh, like, what a beautiful song, what a beautiful art, like, no big deal. And and I think that's where I think I see your side, Katie, like that it, it's concerning. I also see your side too, Ted. You know, is well, this and, and my new? side isn't you know? against it's it's yeah. not against Katie. I, I'm because I think Katie's right. I think, but you know, I I think um, you know when I was in high school, it was um, Katy Perry's "I Kissed a Girl" was a big, you know, the the big song that that kind of took the Grammys by storm. Yeah. Um, you had I forget what the song was, but Britney kissed Madonna, and that was a big Grammy moment. Um, well, I remember and... when Kanye was performing one time and he, he was like literally the devil performing in a performance too before. I mean, Kanye has been all over the place, but like yeah. he, yeah. he did literally a satanic ritual mm-hmm. dance music video shot, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And so I get it. Like this stuff happens all the time. Um, but holy smokes, it was pretty graphic and combine the words to it. It was, was like, I, I will say, I don't know if it's... I should be watching this. <laughs> It's, it is, it's more than it was when, when I was younger. Like, I mean, that's, that is true. It has turned up like those, those early things have enabled now that like, when I finally like watched the video, like I saw it and I like, I wasn't surprised. Like I wasn't shocked and there's a reason I've been desensitized. So, yeah. Right. And I think what's different now than maybe back when, you know, this this isn't a new thing, right? But I think what's different now is that younger children have more access. And 
they don't they're That's not just watching point. Grammys. they're having access into kim petra's life into sam smith's life and they have a lot of influence in their life so there's just more there's just more ground that these artists are covering in the lives of young minds than maybe generations in the past and there's just a battle for truth and just sturdiness um in young kids minds so when and now this is really opening a door to um like i mean a lot of the song too um when kim petra's part comes on and she's saying you know this is what he gets me and she's naming all these like high-end fashion industries and you know like she's like gonna do him any favors and she'll you know she's just there for him you know this is very like this is opening that culture like um that you know, that culture to young children's minds. And they know so much about it that it's such a norm. Um, And it's normalizing just this. And and now we have on social media, we do have people, older people grooming and priming young children and reaching out to them. And of course they see a song like this and, oh, it's no big deal. Like I can reach out to, I can message back so-and-so who I don't know. They can be my sugar daddy. And now we have an influence in trafficking like never before in the U.S. And um, just even even going back to, I know this was kind of old news, but Balenciaga is mentioned in this song. And, okay, thank the Lord, like Balenciaga was called out for, they were caught doing, you know, but this is not, that's not anything new. There's been sex trafficking and children, um, porn and children, sex trafficking going on for so long in the U.S. And there is no mistaking that fast fashion has a lot to do with it. And who's supporting fast fashion? The strip clubs, the artists, the um, song industry, the sports. Katie, before you keep going, because I'm literally, as I read about those, I thought, I'm so uncool, I shop at Kohl's. Like, that's where I go. So let me ask you this. Can Mm -hmm. you define, for the audience, not for anyone here, but for people out there who may not know. And for us, Katie, because I shop at Kohl's. out there, can you tell us what is fast fashion? Because I think, like, fast fashion. We made it quickly. Look at us. Like... But what what do you what do you quantify fast fashion is? Yes, as? well, that's like pretty much what we say is what it is. Fast fashion is the the fashion industry as a whole, collectively, not just high end like the Gucci and all that stuff, but just how fashion is moving so quickly from one trend to the next to the next trend to the next trend. There is funding. There's organizations around this, and how mm-hmm. does fast fashion happen through workers, through people, and sweatshops in other countries? And this is gotcha. something that that fast fashion has no shame to do what they have to do in order for their thing, for their trend to be on top. And it's flipping as the week goes by. So, and still so go ahead. Would fast fashion, and this is again, for me to learn more, cause I don't know a lot. Would yes. fast fashion be like, um, you know, I can go to Walmart and get cheap. That's not, that, that's not fast fashion. That's just, you know, cheap fashion. What you're saying is like, the the top level stuff that's like you know okay balenciaga made this trend well now that was in the summer and now it's winter who's gonna have the top trend is that what you're like is that am i picking that up right right yes in a way but 
I'm not okay. to not to put people in so much bondage and really high anxiety around this, but it does infiltrate even our Walmart and even our Target and even our okay. um, our mediocre like our just our shopping habits. So not to this that can be a, some like a just whole don't say Coles for me and Ted. You know, yeah, yeah. we <laughs> want to feel really Leave good about ourselves. Coles out of this, Katie. Coles and Target. Coles and Target, please. Listen, don't, and I have don't no... tell me the truth. <laughs> I have nothing against um, a lot of these stores and like TJ Maxx. I shop there all the time. But, you know, it's funny because when I, I was working with an organization and we'll come back to the song in a minute, but just to kind of emphasize what the song is really, there's just a lot you can just pull apart that really deep down is is just doing a lot of damage. But OK, but yes, fast fashion, um, you can see it everywhere in any store. And actually, when I was working with an organization, we did a lot of research and there is resources out there. And I would love to have maybe a friend or a guest on maybe sometime to talk about this that's a really a good expert in this. I'm not as ex, an expert in it, but she really funds slow fashion and all the tools that we can use to, um, to, to thrift, to reuse clothes, to take care of our clothes so that we're not having to, to really put money and fund a lot of the fashion industry because of such the, the huge link to human trafficking that it has. But uh, but all that to say is, yes, I there is, if you do dig deeper, even our, hmm. our mundane shopping places do have, they are influenced by a lot of this. But I'm not going to name any names, so don't worry. I'm not going to say no, no, you're fine. Okay. No, that's well, but, but Katie, it's such a fascinating thing because like, and I'll bring it back to the song for us, right? Like, yes. because this isn't the only song where I've heard about Balenciaga or Gucci or... um. Right. You know, because here's firing up in my head again another TikTok song that like kicks off, which is the Megan Trainer. Um, all I know is like, ah, my Gucci on like yeah. that. That one, I right? made you look right. Yeah, dun, exactly. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and I'm not gonna dive that song, but like in general, like I I could fire off songs that I don't know the whole song, but I could pick up on Gucci Valenciaga, um, right. you know, Prada, those kinds of things. And to me, the fascinating thing, as you mentioned that, in an industry as a whole, in the entertainment industry, where there always seems to be what I would argue a healthy push towards, um, well, I'd say starts as a healthy push towards fairness and equality, that I think there is something about art in its performative value um, that lets us see the world through a new lens. And I think because of that, performers and artists sometimes can see the world in ways that, that see the inequality, that see those kinds of things. And it's always fascinating to me when you can see that. And here's this song that post Me Too movement, post a lot of discussion about fast fashion, now that I know what it is and can identify, you know, fast fashion, sweatshops. Um, how do we, you know, give people like, um, help people be compensated well for their labor. You know, these are industries that have mm -hmm. strong unions. Um, and here they are singing about, you know, basically dehumanizing a woman to a sexual object to make money, mm -hmm. um, you know, to get these things that there's potential, you know, you look at those things. And so to me and we're looking at the song we can do this this can happen everywhere this happens in the church this happens 
everywhere, but it is one of these moments where as humans, there's a disconnect where the singing and everything is like the industry would say, yeah, we're trying to build women up. We're trying to, you know, help people make money. We're trying to do all yeah. these things. And yet here's this celebration of things that are opposite to that. And that gets back to what you're saying in truth is like the way truth cuts, the way that, you know, I as a Christian have to look at my life and say, you know, so every week for us in our um, liturgy, we do the confession absolution. And the reason we do it every week is because uh, it's important for us to look in, in the reality of who we are. Now, in, in a Christian worldview, in in our belief in Jesus, that's because we trust his promises to bring forgiveness for those things. But I do believe that it's important for us to realize we're going to, you know, as humans, the, these are our tendencies because of sinful nature. And so to look and say like, hey, here are all these things that on the one hand, you know, the Grammys would stand up and say, hey, we want these things. And then to platform a song, you know, to put it front and center man, that's some dissonance. That's some disconnect. Hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I hope that makes sense. I just went straight into extroversion there. So I hope that. No, I think that's, I think that's great. And I think it really shows you that our real spiritual warfare really isn't, Do you own it's your not, um, just, just what we saw with, um, just Satan being represented, whatever, you know, a real spiritual warfare is taking down the strongholds of ideologies that come up against the knowledge of Christ. And that's what, that's what this is, is that the world can't, the world sees a lot going on that's wrong and they try to do something about it, but their love for money overtakes the other side of it. And that's never going to be solved because the real, the real issue is the ideology that lies behind it. It's the conviction for truth and for God's way to be the only way. And you know, that's, that's really our spiritual warfare. We can pray against demonic influence all day long, but really if we don't have a good standing of truth and reason and able to spit that out when it counts and to execute it in a way that we're able to um, change people's minds about what is, what is true, what is reasonable, what is, um, what makes sense, what is holy, if I could, you know, like that, that is, that's, that's really our battle. That's the warfare. Yes. And pray mm -hmm. and pray for sure. Pray. Um, but it's not that we're praying against every single demon and influence. It's that the, the hierarchy of, of the Satan, the Satan, uh, demonic thought that is over our culture and nation, those are the things that we need to stand against and stand firm against for sure. Um, Phil, do you have anything, any thoughts on this before we move on to Chinese balloons? I mean, I'm ready for Chinese balloons, but I mean, here, here's the deal. There's just so much hypocrisy as you guys are pointing out. And it's just like, when you think that we're making, let's just say make any progress, like let's just look at me too. And I'm just going to label that as progress, mm -hmm. right? Because it's naming, um, you know, where there's abuse and, you know, where there's women that have been mistreated and it's just, you know, raising up the conversation, which was not talked about often. And then you go to something like this and we're supposed to be okay with it. I don't even understand, even from a secular standpoint, um, let alone a Christian standpoint, like how can we just be okay with this and how do we, why do we glorify these things? Um, and also just like me and everyone else, like, 
there's just so many bits that I listen to on TikTok or Reels that I'm not even thinking about. But man, that beat sounds so, so good. And then next thing you know, it like I'm just I become so um, numb and okay to whatever is out there and just accepting. And um, it's just it's a reality. I need to look in the mirror and check my myself. For sure. And that's a great point. That's a great point. There's so many songs I feel the same too. Yep. And, you know, for this song, I, yeah, a little different. I haven't really heard it that much. That's just me. But there's definitely songs like Ariana Grande's God is a Woman, you know, and that was a song I was jamming out to. And I had, I was convicted and was like, I don't, this is really not something I want to listen to. So, yeah. So I think we all in our culture, we do have to be on guard and make those, yeah, make those changes and convictions based on, you know, what is true and right and holy. Um, so going into Chinese balloons, well, we have uh, just recently heard that the U.S. military shot down a Chinese balloon um, that could have gotten surveillance, could have gotten information and data, really important, you know, uh, things about the U.S. And they shot it down there. I think it's in the Atlantic Ocean. And now they're looking for it. Who knows if they're going to find anything is this something to be concerned about? First, I want us to lean into the comedy of this bit. I want us <laughs> to like, about it. just step back for a moment and say, that we'll talk about some serious stuff. That we have gone full circle in terms of like surveillance and intelligence gathering. Because it's not just the Chinese. Like I've now read a couple articles about how the Pentagon is like tripling their balloon budget because the balloon you know moves slower it gets closer it can intercept more signals and so like the pentagon is upping their budget to do similar things and to me like the like they're just pieces of this story that are phenomenal so the f-22 which is the fifth generation fighter the fighter of the future it costs 200 million dollars to make one of these jets and its first air-to-air -air kill is a balloon was was a balloon and it's, you know how much just... it costs one of those missiles to be shot oh yeah yeah to put these things in the air costs a hundred thousand dollars an hour eighty thousand that's so between wow. seven and eighty thousand. that missile that. was a half a million uh, i mean uh was it five oh, i don't even know i think it was a half a million dollars for that missile oh, to be easy. shot too easy and it's but and so there's just there's a lot and like some of the videos like because it's flying over Myrtle Beach right so South Carolina is where they saw it get shot down and I saw this incredible video and it's two good old boys sitting in the backyard with their cell phone out you can tell they've been day drinking getting ready for something <laughs> to happen and the string of curse words that come out of their mouths but it's just literally like, oh, we got him, you know, like, and it's, it's just this moment of like, nothing brings our country together, like the World Cup, the Olympics, and shooting down a balloon. Like, it was just kind of this moment of... But did it really bring the country together? I mean, it there was... I, when it got shot going. down, yes. When it got shot down, you can't tell me there's a single red-blooded American that wasn't like oh my gosh, we just shot a missile at a balloon. Like, you can't even right wing, left wing, I don't care who you are. When that missile was fired, you got excited. Like, 
Uh, you can be upset about where it yeah, happened. Yeah, but are you excited about happened. how but, much like, it costs awesome. to shoot that missile? Like, people are debating on that right now. My thing Dude, is, you why? could have thrown darts at that balloon and it would have deflated and went down. I mean, well, <laughs> do it at 50,000 feet. Show me you getting to 50,000 feet to throw a dart at that balloon. You know, it'd be really cool. There's a bunch of like skydivers just going down and just like chucking darts at it, you know, trying to get the balloon. I mean, <laughs> okay. That... See, now, see, now we've gotten really American reality TV of taking out the balloon. See, exactly. now, I'm on board with that. I'm on board. This fall on NBC, the balloon. You, you know what is actually pretty interesting about this? There was a report from Lucas Tomlinson, who is reported on Fox News. And, you know, people are debating, you know, well, if this was under Trump, you know, none of this would have ever happened. Uh, but actually, there was a report that a balloon was over Texas and Florida in 2018. And mm -hmm. uh, I guess four months ago, there was a balloon that was near Hawaii. So, like, these things are happening all the time. And if we're so concerned about freaking balloons, like, get off your TikTok accounts, everyone. Like, they already have all of our information. And there's satellites up in the air, like, I mean, up in the, in space. They're right. taking pictures all the well, time. Like, the amount of data that was... information that they have is just, we're, we're so upset about this. But yet, we're also doing the same thing, too. Well, and that's, it's part of, like intelligence gathering in the information age is like the truth is if you don't want to be known i mean there's there's a reason why um uh they show now on tv shows when people go into operationally secure rooms right they all take their phones out and leave them outside the room um you know because a cell phone is a world brain in your pocket that can be hacked. Yep. You know, the, the computers we're talking on right now. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it is. And so I don't know what the solution, it is unnerving, right? Like, I don't know what the solution was, but it is unnerving to wake up one morning last week and it'd be like Chinese spy balloon over Montana. Like that's not a fun headline to see. No. Right. And my question was, why did it take them so long and to to shoot it down if they were that concerned? And especially if there was if this was something that happened in the past, why did we know about this one versus the other ones? And why did the media cover it? In my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, what do they <laughs> what is their agenda? Is this propaganda? Is this is this something are they trying to instill fear or is it supposed to make one side look better because they are acting on it? Is it something we should be concerned about? So like, I, I don't know. I, I think the fact that they knew about it for a week before they actually shot it down, that kind of was odd to me. What do you guys think about that? Well, I was, I was reading, they interviewed the um, general in charge of NORAD based out of um, Colorado. So that's the, like the main, like um, it's, it's the main like satellite center for the U S and, they cover you know what's what is in the air over the united states and what he said was they picked it up over the aleutians so in alaska um but it wasn't moving with intent is the way he put it so they couldn't you know if it's over international waters and then over national waters like that there was no like movement towards intent so like they've got to figure out is this a weather balloon is it not and they had figured it out and from what 
they said, what NORAD was saying was they had the technology to counter what it was doing to stop it from probably from transmitting. I'm sure. Well, I have no idea, but they could stop it like the electronic warfare to a point. And then once it was passed and into Alaska, I think the the way it sounded was they wanted to get their hands on the tech and see what's in there. So then you got to wait for it to travel across the U.S. to get over the ocean again so that there's hope that you can recover, um, you know, some of what's on it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but here's the deal, though. Like, I get that, right? And I'm like, oh, they know what they're doing. Like, here's some really smart-minded government officials that know warfare and, you know, attacks and counterattacks and all that stuff. And then we get to the point where they shoot it down with a very expensive, you know, um, um, plane, right? With a very expensive missile. And it's just like, wait a minute. Like, you're telling me that it, it costs us that much to take something down? Like, how am I supposed to trust all the other stuff that's going on when it could have been, I don't know, taken down much easier than it already was? How would you take it down, Phil? I don't know. You could still take a plane up there and use like a machine gun instead of using a, a half a million dollar missile to take it down. Can you? I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> See, and that's that's what I think there needs we to be. We should put like... you in charge. <laughs> well, but no, but there's there's discussion around. I was reading up on some of these pilots saying, listen, when you get to that high of an altitude, there's a reason they sent the F-22. Because the F-22 is the fighter that can make it to that altitude. Because when you start hitting that high of an altitude, you're starting to push on the edges of atmosphere and space. And so part of it was they said, yeah, you could shoot it possibly. But, but didn't it go down really... much lower? It wasn't at 60,000 feet anymore. It like it, it came down where people could see it. And I, to be fair, I read at the beginning of the week. Yeah, like at, it was the, at the beginning time. it was really high, but when it came down in the South Carolina, people were able to see it from their phones. That's how they had the video right there. So it wasn't that high, which means you well, can use you can use most I would air defense to be able to take a some drone. <laughs> yeah, there you go, a Get drone. High tech drone, and yeah, take some shots. Who knows? I, I I get what you're saying, Ted. And I, I still want to put my trust in the government, although I still want to be, I have so many questions with all this going on. Again, I'm not going to get so alarmed over balloons. I think this so, is probably the so first time. So, let, uh, let me, you fact check me? there. Yep, fact okay. check, fact I, check. I, I just showed it. Federal Aviation restricted airspace Saturday afternoon over three cities in North and South Carolina as military assets moved into position. The balloon was flying at roughly 60,000 feet. When an it got altitude shot down? about twice that of normal air traffic. Okay. Well, so there you go. It was, but I saw the NORAD general, because so what you said is true. People were picking it up on their phones. The balloon was 200 feet, like high, like it is huge. So that's why people were able to pick it up on their phones. Oh, you mean said, the size of the actual balloon? Yeah, so like in height, oh, it wow. was like 200 yeah, the, feet. The source that I wow. found says that the size of the balloon was three buses. And... Yeah, so the gear it was carrying was like the size of three yeah. school buses. And, and the quote that I have from the, uh, I don't know, some military commander was like, 
they had determined that downing the balloon while over land uh, posed a risk to people across the area, so that's why they shot it down over the ocean. Anyway. Got to protect that wildlife in uh, Wyoming. That's, that's right. In, Mon- in the middle of Montana, that very Montana, populous yeah. state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Idaho. That's the reason. Um, Save the Katie. animals, Katie. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, Katie, what I think it does come back, though, to, like, how do we feel? Because it is, like, no matter what happened with the government, with how it was handled, it's like there are satellites going over us all the time, but we don't think about them because we don't see them. And right. now it's like, ooh, right. this is like here. like Right. We can see it. Yeah. And it feels mm-hmm. like an invasion of privacy. <laughs> and, you know, it feels also <laughs> right. we're not, we're just not secure at all. I mean, so like, because I, I don't think about it often at all either about how much access other countries have and even our country to our social media, to all of our information. We're just, I mean, right now they're probably listening to us because we have trigger words and we're talking That's about. Right. We've on holy balloon all in the same <laughs> phrase. Yeah. And yep. So we, we are definitely red targeted right now. No, but, but thinking about that and that idea of security, I mean, so just thinking about this question of just security in general, because oftentimes as an American, we can feel secure being an American because we we think, oh, we're in America. We have a good national security. We have um, great resources. Um, but every now and then things happen to remind us that no matter how secure, secure we feel, we aren't always secure. And we, yeah. you know, there are nations that do have technology that are is more advanced or they have resources also so how do we as christians and as people rest secure just on the land that we stand how can we feel and rest secure um one thing i love is the reality that jesus speaks in that a lot of times we can take what jesus says and almost disconnect it to that spiritual level but God created us both, you know, physical and spiritual. So he's not, he doesn't look at us as humans and go, yeah, you just need to spiritually disconnect. You don't have to worry about the world. No, he says, come to me. And I love at one point, Jesus says, there will always be wars and rumors of wars. And what that doesn't discount is the wars, like that that they're happening. You know, he's saying like, listen, that's always going to be how it is. And I think for me, like you said, Katie, like I've lived a blessed lifetime where there's been no draft to bring in mass groups of people um, to fight a world war. There's been wars. We have sent a lot of people overseas to fight, but there's been no fighting on our, you know, on mainland America. There has not been a war really in large part since the Civil War. And that's the strange thing in the history of our world that like a, a country, a, a continent would see that. And so I think for me, like to, to like what you said to like, okay, now this is here. Ooh, how does that make me feel? I just got to go back to there will always be wars and rumors of wars and lean in to go. This is a possibility that could always happen. There's always potential that there could be war where I live when I live. How do I trust Jesus today, knowing that that's a possibility? 
I think of Pontius Pilate, you know, his interactions with Jesus, you know, when he's getting ready to sentence him, right? And Jesus responds um, about his kingdom when, you know, Pontius Pilate's like, you know, you know, where are your people at, you know, you know, you can stop this. And he talks about just his kingdom is not of this world, right? And uh, there are plenty of powerful forces and countries and empires and that have what what it would seem to be have more power and control um over the church right and uh it's not necessarily um i think our role as christians to be able to fight for that power and security i mean it's nice to be able to have that and nice to live in a country that is uh um that the hope is that they're protecting us. Right. Um, but ultimately the, the kingdom of Jesus is, you know, he rules this world, but it's not of this world. And so, um, I'm, I just, I place my hope in that. Right. Um, I also, it's easy for me to be able to start blaming and pointing the direction at a particular, um, administration for not handling this the right way. You know, and it's like I'm eating crow, too, when I find out, well, this has been happening even in the um, previous presidential um, regimes. And so it's this is something that's happening. And sure, you feel kind of exposed. um, But then I have to remember, like, man, there's so many other devices that have my information that have access to those things that is much different than a balloon that is floating in the air. So, Yeah. yeah, that's good. Those are both really good points. And just to add on that too, um, very similar thoughts that I have. I think about David, a lot of the Psalms talk about um, under his wings, we are we are sheltered under his wings. His name is our strong tower. His righteousness is our shield. Those things, when we, when we really believe those are true, like down to the core, then that's our reality. We're not easily shaken by these things. That's easier said than done, but we have the privilege of day by day walking with Christ and practicing what it means to deny ourselves and take up our cross daily and allow his wings and his righteousness and his covering to be our shield so that when things like this do happen, we already know what it's like to constantly daily be under the the covering and protection of Jesus, knowing that I cannot do this life without him. And that's just talking about my own sin and resting secure in my own flesh. But when we practice that daily, when the world is out of control and chaos, it is so much easier to say, I've been doing this for 10 years daily. (laughs) I've been doing this for five years Mm -hmm. daily. I've been, Mm -hmm. I've been resting on this truth that now when, this kind of stuff comes up. I already know what it's like to deny my flesh. I already know what it is to suffer. I already know what it is to hold on to these truths. Um, and it feels the same, even though the the terrain looks different. Um, so we do have with Christ this privilege of walking with him daily um, that we get to um, get to live this out. Um, so this is a great conversation, guys. It has been such an awesome time talking to you about unholy and Chinese balloons. And, and balloons. Uh, yeah. And balloons. Uh, so you know what I realized we forgot yes. to mention the most important part after the whole unholy performance that it was brought to you by Pfizer. That's right. <laughs> Comedy everywhere. Yes. Comedy <laughs> everywhere. It's great. I, I don't want to make any connections, but you know, 
you're opening a can of worms right at the end of time. So that's right. Should we have a whole episode on that? <laughs> Maybe. We'll be back next week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll be back next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great night.